Welcome to the latest word from the church at Severn Run. Our church is located in Severn, Maryland, and is easily accessible from anywhere in the D.C. Baltimore area. You can subscribe for regular updates or check in weekly for the latest information by using our website, severinrun.com. Thank you for visiting. And now, today's message. Our purpose as a church is all about revelation. It is to reveal, um, you know, in, in a way that helps people see what they did not see, they could not see, they, they would not see. And we want to reach as many people as possible. Uh, and in doing so, to creatively reveal the love of the Father, the infinite, beautiful, um, un, you know, unexpected, surprising love of the Father. And we'll do this through the life of the Son and in the power of the Holy Spirit. That is our purpose. That is our call. We today um, want to kind of just jump up to about a 50,000-foot view of life and and look from horizon to horizon and and understand what our purpose is as, as a people, the body of Christ, as the people of God and as individuals. The truth is that, that what I want you to do today is to make a choice to live the message at any cost. The message of Jesus, the, the story of Jesus, the life of Jesus, to live the message at any cost cost at any cost. What is the message? Well, the message really is in four parts, and part of the problem is that we try to live it in three. And when we interpret the message of God in only three parts, we misunderstand our lives here, and we misinterpret them. The four parts are the message, are creation, fall, redemption, and restoration. And we forget that fourth part of the restoration, and so we misinterpret uh, life here and now, and we fail to understand what's going on around us and how the love of God is lived in us and expressed to us here and now in this real world. The creation is the story of a God who loved us so much that He created us with an infinite love for close personal relationship with each and every one of us. The story of the fall is the story of our sin shattering life completely, everything broken and forever separating us from the life of God, forever separated from God and our Creator. The redemption, that's the heart of the Jesus story. And is the story of a God who so loved that, that He sent His Son who offered His life to us in love to restore relationship with God. And in redemption, what was lost is bought back. What was, what was gone is, is offered again. In redemption, connection is restored. But it is not the end. Because restoration is coming. And restoration means that after earth, there is a heaven that is coming. Where everything is perfect and everything is forever right. But the truth is, you and I are not there yet. So, Church of the Living God, don't forget where you are. You are not in Maryland, and you are not in heaven. You are living in the middle of a war zone. You are in the redemption part of human history. You are living in an all-out fight for the redemption of humanity. 
And in this all-out fight, we have a Jesus who is not the soft teddy bear that we thought him to be. Our Jesus came to do something to life that we never, ever expected him to do. Jesus came to bring a sword to life. He came to separate truth from lies, light from dark, broken from healed. Jesus came to separate fallen from redeemed. Jesus came to separate unhealthy from healthy, immature from mature, lies from truth. Jesus came to separate the fallen world on its way into eternity without hope from a redeemed world that is on its way to restoration in a hope that will increase and live forever and ever and ever more. Jesus came to separate you from lesser loves in your life. There are loves in our lives that are very, very real. The truth is, I have a confession to make. I love sin. And I'm pretty good at it. It comes really natural. I only have to train for it. Any of y'all out there? Every one of you better be raising your hands or you're just a bunch of liars right there. You know, no, who, who trains a kid to lie? Now, I know you tell the truth all the time, Junior, but here's how you lie. And I know you're selfless all the time, but here's, here's how you... Here, Here's how you become selfish, and this is what I want you to work on. God sent His Son, Jesus, to redeem. And a part of that redemption is to separate us from some of the things that we love most. Now, some of the sins are very obvious and very ugly, and, and those we can all, you know, agree that they should be gone, and, and, you know, those are easy to give up, or at least easy to see that they should be gone. But there are other loves in our lives that are far more close to home, far more hidden, far more subtle, you know, that, that are, are increasingly higher costs to give up. And the truth is, every one of us here can make this statement, you know what, I love me some me. <laughs> you do. And when you have to begin to, to live the message at any cost, where it costs you your life, then things get very, very real. It gets beyond church, beyond religion, and it gets soul and eternally deep. Guys, I want you to understand that if you live the message in this world, Jesus told us that, that, that you will be opposed. You're not going to be universally loved. Uh, it's not going to work like that. The scripture says, be on your guard against men. Wait a minute, I thought you came to restore relationship. No, 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 no. I've, I've come to separate what is, what is religion from what is kingdom. I came to separate what is pride from what is humility. I came to separate what is, what is of this world uh, for, from what is from the world that I am restoring. And there's a difference. And our expectations for the life of God, uh, the kingdom has come, but it's still in process, and, and we still live in a broken world. And so, so you will be opposed, but the truth is that you will also be blessed with clarity to reveal the message. Jesus went on to say, when they arrest you, don't worry about what you're to say or how to say it. At that time, it will be given to you what to say. And I love verse 20 of, of Matthew 10. For it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father living and speaking through you. 
And all those reasons why we, we can't do this or can't do that, the truth is that, that every single one of us who are, who are believers in Jesus Christ, we can live this message and God can beautifully reveal himself to the world in ways that, that are life-changing because it is God himself speaking through us. And, 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 and all you have to do is just let it happen. If you live the message, you're going to be rejected. And sometimes even your own family is going to reject you. The scripture says, brother will betray brother to death, a father his child, children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death, and, and people are going to hate you. All men are going to hate you, you because of me, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. You're going to be opposed and rejected if you truly live on message and for the message, the story of the redemption of Jesus in this world. But the truth is, you have to make a choice. You can't have it all. Jesus said, you can't have it all. I've come to, to bring division. I'm, I'm separating truth from, from lies. I'm separating eternal from, from bound in time. I'm separating what's, what's forever real from what is just appearing real. And you can't have it all. You've got to make a choice. And so if you follow me, you're going to be misunderstood. I guess, honestly, that's one of the things that has probably surprised me most as a pastor through the years. Um, I'm coming on 36 years in this, in this journey. And, and at the beginning, you think, you know what, I'm just going to love Jesus and people will love me and, and they'll be glad I'm loving Jesus. It doesn't quite work like that. You know, you can love Jesus and people look at you and, and say, you're evil. What? Jesus said, he said, um, that, that a student is not above the teacher and a servant above his master. And if they called the head of the house Beelzebub, how much more are they going to call you members of the, of the household? People are going to misinterpret your life in Christ, and you can't worry about it, Jesus said. You can't. We as the body of Christ are called to live the message of Jesus at any cost. That's our call. And we're to live the whole message. So, so as we, we walk through the scripture, there's a couple things I want you to know um, that, that, that are, are just vital to know. And that is that loyalty to Jesus and basic courage in life really matter to God. Jesus said, do not be afraid of those who kill the body. Remember that talk, you know, where, where I said at, at, at some point it's going gonna, it's gonna to cost you? Kill the body? Wait a minute, this, like... I'm supposed to be so loyal to Jesus that I'm to be willing to die for him? Yeah, absolutely. Jesus literally expects you to love his life and the life that he gives you um, forever more than you love your life in this world. And to be a follower of Jesus is not to become religious and a, a Sunday morning, you know, sign-up person. Like, I go to the gym for my own health and I, and I go to this place on Sunday morning that I call church and, 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 and I guess it makes me a little better for life and it's all part of my health plan. No, there's a world exchange that happens. There's a life exchange. When you're a follower of Jesus, you trade a self-guided life for a God-guided life. You trade a life that is bound up and valued uh, according to the principles of this world, you trade all that, you dump all that for, for a set of principles and, and values, and most of all, for a person 
that is not of this world. It's a, it's a whole world exchange, a worldview, um, everything. It's just completely different. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. And the truth is that loyalty is in very short supply in this broken world. But that ought not to be so in the kingdom of God. We ought to be um, perfectly loyal to Jesus Christ, and there ought, to be, um, there ought to be a loyalty to one another. I am amazed at how quickly even believers throw one another under the bus. When you stand by and allow somebody to be spoken ill of, and you don't have the spine to speak on their behalf, you are a coward. You are self-serving. You are, you are valuing other people's opinions more than you value the truth of God, and it's wrong. When, when people speak ill of our Savior and we stand back because, well, we don't want people to think, no, 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 when you allow people to speak ill of your Savior and you say nothing, not you, we are cowards. God's called us to have a spine. He's called us to have a backbone. He's, he's called us to live in such a way that, that, we, that we stand up for our Savior. Well, Pastor Drew, I work in the government. Oh, wow. Well then Jesus doesn't apply to you. I'm in the military. I wear a uniform. So stinking what? Right? I, I have seen um, with my own eyes uh, Chris Martin stand before generals, plural, in uniform, declaring the faithfulness of Jesus Christ and, and the power of God. I'm serious. So don't tell me you can't do it. Whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge my Father in heaven. You've got to make a choice. You can't have it all. You can have the opinions of human beings or you can have the, the favor of God, but you can't have it all. You've got to make a choice. And, and the idea that you can kind of have one foot on, on, on both places is, is, is insanity. It's just not true. Whoever disowns me before men... Whoever denies me in the presence of, of, of broken people, I will disown him before my Father in heaven. Guys, I'm telling you that loyalty to Jesus and basic courage in life really matter to God. So whether you're, you know, uh, super masculine and a man six foot you know, eight or whether you're a petite little 4'11 uh, young lady, you're called to, to courage and you're called to loyalty and to live the message of Jesus at any cost, at any cost for, for, for anyone. Verses 34 through 36 tell us that our lives on earth is lived in a war zone. And so we shouldn't expect it to be easy. Remember, guys, remember where you are. Remember in the movement of all human history, in the movement of the universe, it's a, it's a movement in four parts. Creation, the fall, redemption, and restoration. You are not here yet. And so, and, and so I'm telling you that the health and wealth gospel that tells us that, that, you know, that God is going to bring all this good in your life, it is true in the next chapter. And in the restoration of all things, you will live in a time where everything is perfect. You will live in a time where there will be no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain, for the old order of things has passed away. But Jesus, if we dare listen to the words of our Savior, He said in John 6, uh, 16, 33, in this world you will have 
that's not a very popular message. I want to, I'm a consumer. You know, I, I want God to, to make my, I'm an American. I'm an American. Right? And, and as an American, I deserve more stuff and happiness. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. Have courage. Show some spine, because I've overcome the world. And the same way Jesus overcome the world, I'm telling you, he expects us to overcome as well and to live the message out at any, at any cost. Do not suppose I've come to bring peace on earth. I did not. I did not come to make your life on earth easy in this moment. I'm calling you into the battle for the redemption of the souls of men and women and boys and girls. I'm calling you to make a choice in your life to leave behind this world and its lies and its seduction and to invest your life in a new kingdom and a new world that's coming. I didn't come to make this world, um, you know, a, a place of, of your happiness. I didn't come to give you a nice, um, you know, berth on the Titanic as it sinks down below the waves. I came to rescue you. I came you to lead you to the lifeboat so that, so that I could take you to a new land, a new country, to where everything would be whole again. I've come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Sometimes, sometimes in your faith, your greatest opposition will be at home. This is not talking about, uh, you know, being odd for God and, and using your faith as a weapon to beat the people at home. It's talking about those times where, where you are discouraged from following Jesus at home. And I've heard some people use some really sick arguments at home. I've, I, I've known of fathers who've used the scriptures to, to abuse their daughters. There's a special judgment for that. It's coming. I know of one man who, who did not want his daughter to, to follow Christ. And, and at seminary, um, you know, she made the hard choice to bear his rejection. And, and she followed Jesus and she went to seminary. But she, she, she got there and, and, and her father discovered a little bit of scripture and said, Honor your father and mother. You have to come home. And she quit. The call of God on her life and went back home to, to serve a sick man. No. You honor your father and mother in everything that's honorable about them. But you don't follow them into sin and insanity. And so Jesus said, I, I came to bring a, a division into this world, a choice that you have to make about where you're going to live and what your life is going to be about and, and how you're going to live and who you're going to be. And I'm, and I'm telling you that, that there will come a time in your life where Jesus will ask you to give up what seems unfair and impossible for you to give up. You see, a true follower of Jesus can have no greater love than Jesus. Now, that sounds good. No greater love than Jesus. I'm all in. Until Jesus brings out the sword. Until Jesus says, I can't have some of the things that in my sin nature I love. I love me some me. Sorry, Drew, you got to die. Jesus, I'd like to die in theory, but not in practice. Jesus, I'd like to appear to die for other people, you know, but I, I really don't want to have to do that 
in ways it's going to cost me. Jesus, I, I will give up anything for you except... And I'm telling you that there will come a time, there will come a time, there will come a time in your life where Jesus will ask you to lay down that next love that is standing in the way of the greatest love, the real and ultimate love. And it's going to seem so unfair because our God is not fair. You know that, right? God is not fair. We spent years with Hannah helping her to understand that. Well, that's not fair. Welcome to the real world. Grace is not fair. It was not fair that Jesus had to die for my stupidity, my sin, my rebelliousness. That's not fair. And when Jesus says to me, Drew, you have to give up your life. That's okay when there's no cost. When I, when I was in high school, I worked full-time as a minister of maintenance. I was a janitor. I mean, I was living large. I was making like $8,500 a year. I was 40 hours a week. I, was, I had money. And I thought I had the gift of faith because I didn't worry about money. Do you know why I didn't worry about money? I had money. And I got to college and, and, um, and, you know, nobody to pay for college except God. And, and, and then suddenly I realized, you, you silly person, it wasn't that you had faith, it's just that you didn't need to have faith, you know? And, and it didn't cost you anything then, and you didn't really have to trust God then, but you do now, because you got nothing. I can remember standing in line. We used to have to stand in line to pay our college bills. I, I, I counted six people in front of me, and it's like, I've got six people in front of me to, to figure out how I'm going to pay for college because I don't have the money. That's prayer. <laughs> you know, each person, that's, a, that's prayer. The cost of following Jesus is bigger than we bargained for. Because the truth is, we serve a God who cannot be bargained with. And we all try to do that at times. God, if you'll only, then I will. God, if you'll, if you'll do this, then, then I'll give you my life. And at some point along the way, there's going to be something near and dear to us that we truly love, someone we truly love. It may be a child. It may be a wife. It may be a husband. We may be at the bedside pleading with God, begging for God to keep this person alive in this world. And God, if you'll only keep them alive, then I will give you my, my whole life. And the God who is infinite love leading us to an infinite eternal life of love will ask us to trust Him. That He's the one who's redeeming this broken world. That He's the one who's heartbroken about everybody dying and all death. He hates it and, and He asks us to trust Him as we have to give up. A son, a daughter, a wife, a mother, a father. And there are going to be forks in the road where you're going to have to decide. And sinful human reason will never comprehend the eternal work of glory in time. That's what God is trying to do in your life, is He's trying to reveal His glory in your weakness, in your surrender. That you and I would tell the message of His glory in Christ, that that would be the story of our lives. That the story of our life wouldn't be about us, but about 
Jesus. Anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And anyone who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Anyone who finds their life in this world, their satisfaction, their peace, their, their place in this world is going to lose it forever and ever and ever. But whoever loses and suffers the painful separation of all that we are so connected to in this world, that we so want, that we think we have a right to, that's where I really struggle with God is, God, I have a right to, and then I fill in the blank with, with what I, I have a right to be loved this way. I have a right to this kind of life. I have a right to, to this kind of an experience on this planet. And God says, you have all the rights in my love that my son had on the cross. He gave up. You must give up. So how does this work? One of the oddest experiences, and it's, it's subtle and it may sound strange to you, but this was, was my experience. Did not grow up in church, religious, anything else. Read the Bible for the first time in middle school. The first time I read this passage, it was later in that week, I was in eighth, ninth grade. My parents were getting a divorce, um, and I did not have much in the way of parenting, but, but they were all I had. And so to say I didn't have much... Uh, does not mean that it did not mean much. Just like hanging on to one thin rope over a cliff, uh, it may not be a very thick rope, but it's all you got. And I read this verse, and Jesus says, if you do not love me more than you love your parents, you can have no part of me. And I said, Jesus, that is, that's just not right. It makes no sense. It is not fair. I can't do that. I cannot do that. And I can't tell you why that this became a huge, pivotal, fork-in-the-road experience for my life, but I can tell you that, that you have had uh, or are having or will have a very similar experience. And I began to struggle with God to say, I, I, I cannot do this. And, and I literally, um, it's like the, the room filled with light as, as, though, as though the Lord in some form or fashion was literally in the room saying, you must love me more than you love them. And I struggled with God and, and literally the light became brighter and brighter and I said, God, I cannot do this. I, it is not right. It is not fair. It makes no sense. I won't. And, and as I said that, literally it's as though the room went dark. And in that moment, I could tell that God was receding from me. He was honoring my choice. And, and, and I, I, I didn't want to lose God. I didn't want to lose that, that love and that hope that I knew was in God and not in this world. And, and I can remember in panic, literally, just, just, just saying out loud, All right, if that's what you want, God, I'll do it. And there was a breaking that occurred in my heart. And in that moment, God did something that I will never forget. And it's, it's a paradigm, a model for everything that he does in our giving up. God flooded my heart with more love for my parents than I had ever experienced before. I'm serious. It was strange. It was weird. It was supernatural. But I... I loved them and felt more love for them than I had ever felt for them. 
And in that moment, I thought, how odd that the God who asked me to give it up would give me more. And that's what God does with every lesser love that he asks you to give up. He asks you to give it up so that he may give you more. So guys, we all have a choice to make with our lives and our church. We can be a, we can be a you know, a nothing church that's not going to show any spine or backbone for Jesus Christ. And we're going to try to make friends with the world and, and just, you know, be innocuous and religious. Or we can, we can charge hell with a water pistol and we can live the message and we can let the cost. Can because sometimes it's the cost that begins to change everything. What would the message of Jesus been if at, at the trial of Jesus, Jesus would have said, hey, whoa, 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 I'm, I, I get your point. I've carried this too far. Um, I'm, I'm not the king of the Jews. I'm not the son of God, you know, in the way that you understand. So let's just shake hands and be friends. And then Jesus walks off the stage. Who'd be talking about him now? And even as people mocked him and spit on him and made fun of him and beat him as he bled out on the cross to the jeers of humanity, the the, the irony is that even as people walked away, they could not get the image of love suffering so astonishingly out of their minds. And the world has never been able to forget the cost of Christ. And you and I have to be willing to live the whole message at any cost. So here's what I want you to do. To live the message creatively, giving all you've been given, no matter how small it seems to you. You may think you've got nothing. There's no way you can make a radical difference in this world. And I'm telling you, you're wrong. It's our weakness that reveals the strength and power of God. You know, if you think you're all that and you've got all that, there's no room for God in you. But if you've got nothing, you're broken and you're on your knees and you say, God, I am empty, then you're you're in a perfect place to live all of your life with God filling you up with living water and you splashing life on people for the rest of your life. If anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones because he is my disciple, I tell you the truth, he will not lose his reward. Focusing on what you don't have and, and can't give is essentially accusing God of being evil of withholding good from you. It's the, it's the original sin of Genesis 3, 6. God, there's this apple that's really good and, and you're withholding it from me, therefore you're not good and, and I'm gonna disregard what you say and go after it on my own. God has gifted you just like he wants you to be gifted. Scripture says God has arranged every part of the body, each one of them just as he wanted and he wants to use you to reveal his glory, the glory of Jesus in this world, by your words, by, by what you have, by what you don't have, to, to you to use your interests, your passions, your whole life message to be about Jesus. So what's the message of your life? I'm what? Seriously, this is homework. What's the message of your life? I'm strong. I'm beautiful. That's the whole message of my life. I'm beautiful. And I don't mean that for me. I'm weak. I'm to be pitied. Is that the message of your life? I'm needy. Help me. Is that the message of your life? I'm greedy. I want more. Is that the message of your life? I'm tough. Stay away from me. Fear me. Is that the message of your life? 
What is the message of your life? Yeah, control. What I mean, what is the message that you're working so very hard to send the people around you? The message of your life is either going to be I'm and then you fill in the blank with something or the message of your life is going to be Jesus. <laughs> he's awesome. Jesus, he's life. Jesus, he's hope. Jesus, he's grace. Jesus, he's a new beginning. Jesus, he's freedom. Jesus, he, he's everything. Choose your message. But it's going to cost if you choose the Jesus message. And I got to ask myself and I got to ask of us as a church, is our message, the message of, of our life and of our church, is it really the message of his life or is it of our life? What are you holding on to that's holding you back? I'm going to ask you to stand right now. And I'm going to ask you to make a choice of what the message of your life is going to be, of whether you're going to try to have it all or recognize the truth of what Jesus said, that you can't have it all. You can have this world or you can have me, uh, but you cannot have both. You have, to, you have to have a life exchange, a world exchange, a heart exchange. So I'm going to ask you to bow your head and have an honest conversation with God if you've been living in cowardice, if you've been denying Jesus at work, if you've, been, if you've not been living Jesus at home, I'm going to ask you to repent and ask for forgiveness and, and, and start over and start new. Maybe you're holding on to some lesser love and, and you know that Jesus has been saying it's time for you to give it up. In this moment, Jesus is, is with you. Would you look into his eyes and would you be willing to to give up what you're holding on to and not let it hold you back any, any longer. Thank you for joining us today at the Church at Severn Run. Please visit our website at severnrun.com for church service information, staff directories, or for prayer requests. And if you're in the D.C. Baltimore area, we'd love to have you join us at 8187 Telegraph Road in Severn, Maryland. We look forward to worshiping with you.